Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast by the host or the guest do not necessarily reflect the views of Paranormal Buzz Radio or its sponsors. Use of any material produced by Paranormal Buzz Radio without express written consent is strictly prohibited. For information on everything Paranormal Buzz Radio has to offer, visit our website, paranormalbuzzradio.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Phantom Science, the podcast, where we discuss how to prove it's not just all in your head. Does the paranormal exist? If it does, how does it work? And how do we gather solid indications and data? During this podcast, we will be discussing things that many people may hold near and dear to themselves. If you feel offended at any point, just take a deep breath and think about the thing that offended you. Because we will be playing the role of the recently declawed Office of Devil's Advocate. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And thank you very much for listening. Hello and good evening and welcome to Phantom Science. Tonight we are going to hit the fundamentals um, of, you know, what is science, how does it work, and how do scientists figure this stuff out. So, at the moment there's no one in the chat room. (laughs) So, um, I'm just going to, because this is recorded as well, and some of you are going to listen to it later, I hope. Um, The main thing is, what is the scientific method? So... Um, basically the scientific method is a systematic way of learning about the world around us, answering questions. Um, the key difference is, um, is that you form a hypothesis and you test it with experiments. And once you reach a conclusion, um, then, you know, you have other people test it to confirm that your conclusion or what you saw or your data is as correct as you can get it. So, um, tonight we have with us Shane. How you doing, Shane? Hey, I'm doing great. So, and this is um, way more your area, technically, than it is mine. And so, um, but I'm going to run through some of the steps. So, the first one is purpose slash ask a question. So, in our case... Do ghosts exist? Um, yeah. 
you know, make uh, it's an observation basically, you know, yeah. what are you, what are you looking for? Exactly. You, you got to have your anchor point of why, why are you even doing this? You know, what are you, what are you trying to answer or find out, you know, um, which some people don't really state. They just go, you know, it's kind of shotgun something. But I find if you pick one thing that you're looking for, it makes gathering um, data on it a lot easier because you you are, and we'll get to that, but you're pulling the variables down a little. Um, the next step is research, conduct background research, write down your sources so you can cite your references, which is a good thing. If we're going to do that and we're going to present this, you need to know where you're getting your information from because people are going to want to check your results. Um, then you form a hypothesis or propose a hypothesis. So basically an educated guess about what you expect or what it is or, you know, make your guess or hypothesis. Then you design and perform an experiment to test that hypothesis. So you have to sit and think about if this is true, then how can I get data to support that? or to make it that it's not real. Um, the fifth step, data analysis. So you record your observations, analyze the meaning of the data. That's where bias comes in a lot of times, which we covered last week. Um, and then draw your conclusions. So, and there is no right or wrong outcome to an experiment, really, apart from you know, correct. You know, if, if you accept a hypothesis, it still doesn't mean it's correct, but you've got all your data and all your thoughts and everything in front of you that you can then either keep going at or give to someone else and say, hey, do this and see if it's true kind of deal. And I'm really dumbing sure. it down, but basically that's, that's the steps of going through the scientific method. Shane, what are your thoughts or additions? Yeah, well, so... You know, because of the way the paranormal field is, you know, it's, it is a difficult field to do the full scientific method in, um, because a lot of it is subjective. I mean, it, you can't, uh, open somebody's brain and go in there and, you know, hook a probe and say, Hey, what did you see? You know, that kind of a thing. So, you know, you basically just kind of have to do the best you can to get as close as you can get. Um, some things can be done better than others. Uh, like if you're actually recording, uh, you know, say radiation data or EMF data or something of that, um, you know, then you can, you can get a lot closer. Um, and I think one of the key things to the whole process is make sure you're asking the right questions in the first place and then you know also figure out what it is that you're actually looking for you know uh let's say you're doing a residential case um you're gonna you know get a hold of the person you're gonna talk with them you're gonna say okay what specific things are happening that we can look for rather than just this random shotgun. Oh, I have a ghost in my house, you know? Yeah. Okay. Give me very specific. Okay. In this corner of the room, I hear this scratching sound every day at this time or whatever, you know, you have to have something that you can focus on 
to study because you will never have enough time as a paranormal person unless you live in the place to just shotgun everything and look for stuff. So, you know, you got to find out, you know, two or three things that you're going to look for during this session that either the, you know, the, the, the person telling you is saying, Hey, I have these things happening to me. Or if you're in a commercial, you know, space like the, the school or whatnot, you know, if people say, okay, you know, the consensus is this particular room has a certain thing that happens. Okay. Now we can go and test that certain thing. Yeah. And you know, just, yeah. So which, that's which basically my view, which is the, the, um, the first step. So the purpose slash question. So what is it we're actually investigating? And then, you know, I guess another point that I'd like to bring at this point is that the, um, there's a difference between anecdotal evidence, which is a story about something happening or a witness of something happening or empirical evidence, which is an actual measured documented value. And the, the thing is with, when you when you ask the question and do your hypothesis, a lot of times, you know, what equipment you take depends on what your hypothesis is. So if you say, okay, if there are ghosts, uh, we believe that they use, you know, electromagnetic energy, then the EMF is good equipment to take. If you Correct. Say, yeah. So I guess what what if I don't believe that they give off EMF energy? Do I take it anyway, just in case? Well... I guess in in the case of an EMF, I might would take the machine because there are documented scientific studies where strong levels of EMF actually are can affect a human brain. And so let's say you have an elderly lady and she lives in an old house and she says, you know, every time I go in this corner, I feel frightened or I've feel goosebumps or I have some kind of a thing like that. Well, again, you can't hook a probe to that lady and, and find out what she's really doing. Well, you can, but, but it, it won't get past the ethics board. <laughs> yeah, she won't like it either. So, but you could put an EMF meter in that room, in that section of the house or in that little corner. And if it's, you know, 10 times the normal baseline EMF and it's continuous and it's at frequencies that could uh, induce, you know, hallucinations, induce fear, you know, a, a VLF type, you know, uh, EMF coming off. In that case, you're looking for the natural cause of, okay, maybe there's a, piece, a faulty piece of equipment that's in that corner or it's right behind the, you know, fuse box or something. Yeah. And so there's a huge amount of EMF she walks over there and stands and now she's, she's freaking out because she's feeling stuff, but it's really just the EMF is affecting her mind and causing her to, so, you know, hallucinate or have problems. So you're, you're, so yeah, the, the EMF would be good in that case. You, yeah. So you're saying like EMF's good for, um, getting the, uh, I don't know, background radiation or the background EMF signals and getting Correct. those sorted out. But yes. I guess the problem but for finding ghosts, I don't know so much about that. I mean, and, that, and that's my problem with the EMF device. Now, I can see as how maybe, um, but but my problem with the EMF is that we have so much differing background uh, electromagnetic signals that come from Correct. all over the place that that thing does to me goes off 
quite a lot. Yeah. Well, and, and here here's the thing too is you know a lot of the little cheesy K2 meters, etc. They do exactly what they're supposed to do. They look for 60 cycle uh, AC EMF. And because you're usually in a building that has power, it's all over the place. Yeah, but uh, and because yeah, sorry. because it goes up to so high frequencies, you know, cell phones and everything will will trip it. Yeah, and it'll pick up. And the problem is, it picks up radio. If you cut yeah. that out, you know, maybe yeah, you'd have but, a more solid one. There are better EMF devices called spectrum analyzers that you can actually visually see what the EMF is. And you can also listen to the EMF. Uh, and so when you do that, now you can say, okay, this EMF is coming from a power line. This mm -hmm. EMF is coming from a cell phone. You know, this EMF is caused by somebody's television. Now, um, once you do that, now you can say, okay, with this nicer piece of equipment, you can say, okay, we have something that happens while we're doing an EVP in response to a question, but does not, you know, is not a TV, a cell phone, a power line, you know, you've eliminated all those things. Now you can start to at least say, hey, we had something in response to a question and it wasn't the normal thing. Mm -hmm. Now you could use it, but just a K2 meter, you can't, it can't tell you what it is. It just says there is something there. Well, in that case, it's, it's, it makes for flashy lights and nice stuff for TV, but it ain't so good for no. As <laughs> for far as anything scientific, using it in the in the actual scientific method, gathering data, I've always yeah. And and Correct. I will and I'll post on our Facebook page. There is a I've got a chart because EMF goes all the way from low all the way up to light. I mean gamma rays, X rays. I mean you know yep. light, different colors of light. You know these are all different EMF bands. So radio absolutely you know so um you know if we can like you said the spectrum analyzer if you can see where that's at you know that that's awesome but they're also not cheap <laughs> uh, no i'll bring one with us when we when we get together next time sweet i'm gonna have a camera on and then see then that's the next thing is um having cameras everywhere which is also a good thing i think yeah, it's a good thing. But but we've also gone through the idea of can you bring too much equipment? You know? So Well, I guess if if you have enough time, you know, the, you can have lots of equipment. The biggest thing is is do the people actually performing the investigation understand what the equipment does are they setting it upright are they putting in the right settings <clears throat> the, you know well, is it actually recording i'm talking you about know, the subjective idea there is a very strong subjective idea out there where you know if you bring too much equipment you scare off the ghosts mm, i don't i wouldn't put i wouldn't believe that well i i, I mean it's subjective obviously but my my personal gut feeling tells me that I think having too many investigators might be more detrimental than too much equipment. I can, uh, I can especially if you're if you're smart about how you set up the equipment, you know, and you give it plenty of time to just kind of sit there and be in the environment. You know, if you could show up a few hours early, plunk down the stuff, and then go have dinner and come back so that they get used to it, 
I think it's fine. I mean, I don't know. That's just my opinion. But then there's another subjective hypothesis that they feed off the energy. So heaven. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Lots of equipment gives them lots to feed off of. So which sure. those two views are like either end of the Opposites. scale. Yeah. So yes. which one do you go with? In fact, we've yeah. done it both ways just to check it out to see if we get more. With just one do the. Yeah. Just, you know. So we got a couple of questions here. Darren's always good for questions. So, and I'm going to throw these to you. Um, what's your views okay. on the phone apps for investigations? The, the which ones? The tele, the cell phone apps, the ones that do. Oh, all right. I understand. Um, so my view on those are there are a few uh, legitimate ones. Um, the cell phones, especially the higher end ones, do actually have a decent magnetometer, which measures EMF fields pretty accurately actually probably better than a k2 or any of those things <laughs> uh of course uh a typical camera nowadays in a modern cell phone are amazing they'll shoot 1080p video even in pretty low light mm -hmm. so you've got a video recorder and of course um anything that records audio will make a good evp i mean they're meant to hear voice so the microphones in them are very sensitive um, the ones you got to watch out for are the apps that place a little ghost in a picture somewhere. That's total bunk bullcrap. Yeah, I mean, that's what they're, you know, for. And, there, and there's a lot of those, but there are a few apps out there. Uh, there's another one that does vibration. That's very good. I mean, literally you can set that thing on a table mm -hmm. and you can go across the room and just tap on the wall and it'll actually show the, the seismograph of those taps on the wall yeah it's which, that sensitive do you know what the name of the app is i tell you what what you can do if you know the name of the apps if you can email them to me and i'll throw them up on the site yes is that is yeah that cool? uh, there's there's about four or five that are really good all right Give and then the rest of them i haven't reviewed a lot of them but they just look hokey yeah i, know. I mean you know they have fake ghosts they're well you know there's even, even one that will turn your face into a ghost i saw one of those i was like that's Great. And and it, and and the other thing is like the, there's ones that I've caught that that are popular now like the Spiritus. I've caught that using the microphone and picking up my own voice. So I know it's saying some yep. of the words that I'm expecting back because I've said the words. You know, you call out it's Bill Correct. here and it will say Bill. You know, you're like oh well, yeah because they have they have one that's kind of like the Ovulus. Mm -hmm. It's a, a fake Ovulus. Yeah. I don't know. I know. I it's... those ones I don't know, but the ones that actually use the sensors in the phones and don't alter the data they just kind of report the raw you know the raw magnetic field they report audio they record video they have the flashlight that's a nice useful thing so that, you can do a basic investigation with just a cell phone and a notepad and paper if you're smart about what you're using it for and you know its limitations you know you got an emf meter you have a flashlight you have a video recorder you have a, a, a voice recorder um, you could 
there's some white noise apps if you want to try to do an EVP session. I mean, there's there's no real good or known. I think the uh, I think the delineation so, for me um, with the apps is you're right. I mean, there's a lot there that can get. Once again, it comes back to empirical data. So things that are just measuring a value, I don't have an yes, issue with. Yes, awesome. Things yep. that are subjective and trying to put, you know, you're trying to interpret, is that a ghost voice and what's it saying and stuff like that. That's Now you're getting away again from the scientific method because there's, there's too many variables in there that you can say, hey, this is a pure measurement. It's not. It's your interpretation of that measurement, if you see what Correct. I mean. So yes. even if it is a measurement, you know, instead of sound. Let me see if we got some other questions here. Um, <laughs> what do you think about the flashlight game? I know what my answer is. <laughs> well, I'm going to call it mostly bunk because you, can, if you're a talented person, you can set the flashlight to be so sensitive that even moving your foot on the floor will make it flash. So I think there's too much, even if you're doing it subconsciously, you might be influencing the flashlight more by just body movements than actually having it, you know, work. That's um, when I've seen it done. Most of them screw it just to the right place, and then yes. I've, even, I've even seen on sites these are the models of flashlights you need to use to make it work. Yeah, and that that Some, puts it in the bunk zone right yeah, there. You know, and and then you look like if you look on um, there was a skeptic article where a guy did. And when he took it apart, they're like a reverse switch. So as it contracts, so the light's off, it contracts, it goes down, it touches the contact, turns on, expands, and yep. then comes away from the switch again because it's moved, and then turns yes. off again. So Yeah, it, I'm going to put the bunk zone. Use the flashlight to, to for safety purposes, and, you know... Don't use it for ghost purposes. But, How but about one, that? Once again, that's not empirical data either, is it? It's subjective data. No. So I mean, we're talking about the only the way you could methods. make it slightly empirical would be if you're video recording it and you hear somebody ask a question, the flashlight does it. But that that puts it into the I can at least record it. But who knows if that flashlight just has an issue or or whatnot? I don't. I would not do it. Use it for safety purposes. You know, I'd put my old crappy flashlight where you have to jam down the button to make it work. I'd lay that there <laughs> and say, turn that on, you know, and then I guess if, if that they came on, that, yeah, if that came on, I'd, I'd be like, okay, that's something, you know, but the, you know, where you hokey turn them in the middle stuff, I, I don't nah, mind. Nah, it, I'm don't afraid. do it. So, um, let's see. We got another question. Yep, Nico's not here tonight. Sorry, Nico's absent. Um, let's see. What app is that? Blah blah blah. So we'll put a list of those apps up, and uh, and I've I've got a couple I'll add. You know, and then Shane, if you send those that you think's legit. Um, sure. I, I think really one one thing to think about when you're doing an investigation. So. Like I've said before, I try and investigate that I'm going to hand my investigation to a skeptic. Because basically when I'm there, I'm going to prove or disprove that there's a ghost there. I mean, you can't disprove. It's hard to prove a negative. But what you can yes, say is, I yeah, I found nothing while I was there. But if yep. I find something, I want it in a form where I can give it to someone and say, no, 
this is what I got, this is what makes me think something might be going on because of this, 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 and it's empirical. And, you know, it's not subjective. I, the least subjective it is the more it can be in my mind. Correct. And that's where I think, I think the statistics can come in to play. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you have a device, let's say it's a thermometer, and it's a logging one, so it's actually taking a reading every few seconds. And then you've had it in this room for an hour or two doing baselines, so it's got to room temperature, it's, it's stabilized. And then, you know, without touching it, getting near it, doing anything, you start, let's say, an EVP session. And you start asking, hey, can you, can you influence the temperature in the room? Can you touch the thermometer? You know, mm-hmm. something like that. And that, that, and, that was and the other as question. As long as you recorded, when you started that session and when you stopped that session, you can now take the data from the baseline. You can take the data from during the session. You can input it into some statistical software. And then it will say, hey, I saw a statistical change from the baseline during this time. And you can actually give them a scientific p-value, which is what scientists typically go by. You know, if it's if it's 0.05 or less, they consider that a, quote, you know, not a discovery, but it's statistically legitimate at uh, meaning, that rate. Yeah, meaningfully different. Mean, yeah, significant, yeah. yeah. So in that case, if you could get that to repeat, like let's say then you left the room you let it run for another couple hours, the temperature goes back to whatever it was baseline, you come back come back, and you do another session and now you got it again. And this time, instead of maybe making it, making it warmer, say, hey, can you make this colder? Now, now, if you get a statistical on the warm side and you come back a couple hours later and you get a statistical on the cold, now at that point, you're starting to get to the point where you can, you know, if you can get this to happen at will, or, you know, at not at will, but while you're doing the sessions, it's stronger evidence. You know, in that case, it's strong evidence. You know, and and I could see maybe it got warmer in the room because there's now five people standing in here. But if you did the one that's cold later, mm-hmm. now you know adding people is not going to make it colder. Nope. So you know now you've got something yeah. at least enough that a skeptic could be like all right well that needs to be further investigated because that is something yep. and you got math to prove it and you've got empirical data that you could say here am i you know that thing might have taken 5000 readings during those times but, here's my 5000 readings you run your own statistics tell me what you think yeah and you know the, the, the i think the trouble with with this method of investigation is if you don't if that's not your mindset, it's boring. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say it's boring. For, for anybody that's not, you know, giddy about science, it's boring. You know, well, it's not just but, giddy about science. I mean, you, yeah. why are you going there? Are you going there to experience it or are you going there to investigate it? You know? So, Correct, and that's the difference. Yeah, so. you know, I, I think that's that's the difference. And I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I can be a bit of a dick. And, and for me... It's kind of both. For me, I like to do the science to get all the scientific equipment, you know, and get that. But then I also, for me, part of it is just to see the cool architecture of old buildings to, you know, 
just witness, you know, get the, you know, the experience of being there and checking out a new, you know, exploration basically. Yeah. You know, and, and there's lots of, so parts that's to what this. makes it fun. So. Yeah. There's lots of parts to this hobby too. I mean, there's some people like doing research. Some people love her history. Some people like the architecture, you know, some Absolutely. people, you know, that's, you know, if, if you're nerdy geek minded, you like designing the experiments and the equipment and figuring out, okay, how can we get meaningful measurements you know, and stuff like that. So there's lots of yeah, ways to come out there. I mean, I think we talked about this before of, you know, how many, you know, the people on your team to have, you know, an assigned role. And if you can find the team that fits together well like that, you know, yeah. you've got a good team, which is hard to find, I think. But It is hard to find. And then it's hard to get the right number because, you know, five. depending on how big the facility <laughs> is and how much time you have, you know, if, if you have too many people now, unless everybody's still all the time, you got too much pollution of your data because people are walking around, people are talking, things are happening, mm -hmm. you know, but if you don't have enough and you have a huge, let's say a building, you know, and you've only got, you only get to do a little tiny piece of it because you can't spread out. Now you got the opposite problem. So ah, it, it is. That's what equipment's it, for. You just have though. to balance it. Yeah, if you got enough yeah. equipment, though, you can just bomb the place with equipment and go, right, Correct. set it all Correct. out, and we'll go bit to bit and then pull everything I, back. I in. would tend toward, you know, two to five people. Yeah. That would be, you know, you need at least two for safety reasons, and probably more than five is there's just too much commotion. My magic number's five or up to five, I think, when, yep. when we go. Um, sometimes we yep. have a few more. Once again, it depends on the areas, too, but... Well, and, and sometimes you get the, you know, whoever the, the person, especially if it's a, a private home, et cetera, they're going to want to probably be there while you're doing this a lot of times. So you, and they might, of course you can't control who they bring. So, I, you know, I, I, the, the ones I've been on, I've always said, I don't mind investigating it and I'm glad to, but, um, you know, only one person. <laughs> yeah and that's all that's all yeah, and, that's and they can turn me down and that's fine too. you know because otherwise what's the point of me investigating it really if you're gonna go oh we go yay and then you got 10 people standing there watching you asking well what's this what does that do you know it's like oh, what am i doing yeah. here you know? and that that could be a whole another show so there you go fodder for another show there we go yes just um you know how how to do home re residential they are the most difficult and you know it's also you got to be very, very, very careful about what you tell them because if they're frightened and you say that it looks like there's something, they're going to be more frightened. Well, then but they ask you, if you just, how do yeah, I get rid of it? I'm like, I haven't got a clue. I don't even know what it is yet, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it, it's those are very difficult. I know. Well, and then the other end of the scale is the people that are complete nutcases. And, you, you know, you can't just turn around and say, oh, you're a nutter. You know, stop wasting much yeah, time. Yeah, pretty much. You know, what kind of drugs you've been doing. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, I don't, I, 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 usually I say I don't do them unless it kind of intrigues me. Yeah. You know? And then, then I'll, I'll go, well, yeah, I'll take sure. a look. But, but there's rules. If you're going to take up my time, I don't, you know, obviously you don't charge for it, but you say, but you are going to take up my time. So if you're going to take up my time, this is how we're going to do it. You know, if, if yeah. you want my time, then you know, this is how it works. So I yep. don't know. So anyway, getting back to the scientific method that we're talking yeah. about tonight is 
you know. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I guess the thing is, it's what we're doing about science. It's empirical data, not anecdotal. So, someone saying, "Oh, I saw something down there," doesn't mean crap on that kind of investigation. It's anecdotal, you know. Sure. And you can do that with that equipment. Um, so, the other thing is when you do an experiment, is you try and get rid of, or you you try and control variables. So now. Here's the thing. In the laboratory, that's easy to do. That's where most Correct. experiments are done. Well, relatively easy, yes. Well. Easier. Yes. On the scale of easiness. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah, there. Yeah. Because that's what a laboratory is for, is to control the environment and the variables. And, you know, they, they'll even build a lab for a specific experiment because they know what variables they want to control. Where yeah. we have Not where, so much in the haunted house. No. Where we go, it's spontaneous you know, hauntings. So, you know, we, you have to keep in mind that it's going to be really hard to control variables. And that comes back to, again, things like how many people you're going to take with you. And then, you know, if, if you can control as many variables or concentrate on the ones you can control and ignore the rest, but you know, but but once again, or at least know what they are so you can filter them out of your data later. Because a lot of times, especially with the computer done, you know, where it's data collecting, if you see, okay, I've got a whole bunch of 60-cycle EMF in this one spot, mm-hmm. I'll just delete the 60-cycle EMF from the reading. Which is what we talked about before of removing yeah. the background. You know, keep Back removing the, yes, the things you know. removing the background. Yep. Yes. Remove the things you know, and then if you've got anything left after that, you may have something. Yep, you like know. our friend Sherlock Holmes always does. There you go. And and it's not, it's it's hard to do though, you know. It's, yes, it is. It's it's not easy. And even when you get something, the thing that's frustrating is that still might be a different variable that you haven't accounted for. You know, you might Correct. pick something up and go, "Well, what was that? Look, there's a blip, and we don't know where it came from." Well, the next problem is how do you jump logically from that anomaly to ghost? You know, that's... yeah, and, and it's not an easy thing. You know, the other thing would be if you have a lot of instruments and they all time stamp some kind, you know, a bunch of them time stamp an anomaly at the same time, and it happens to be somewhat in context with what the people are doing, whether they're doing an EVP session or just sitting silently or whatever they're doing, mm-hmm. you know, in that case it gives it more credibility. I mean, 
if you had an ionospheric reading change at the same time an EMF changed, yeah. and you've got a 10 degree drop in temperature within a five minute period, something's going on that's not normal. I mean, there's no natural thing that would cause that much stuff to happen at the same time. But again, timestamps are very important, mm -hmm. which is nice about computerized logging because every second you'll get a new timestamp for but, every single reading that it ever takes. But then, and it does them all at the same time. Yeah, so you run into now the, you have a lot more data. You do, but but you also run into so, um, and I've I've been studying like when they uh, they're, they're doing research on what is consciousness. And one of the answers that the material science say that consciousness is produced by the brain because if we screw up this part of the brain, these things happen. And yeah, Dr. I've read a lot of those. Yeah, and Dr. Fennick, who I put a couple of videos out on because I think he's kind of cool, and he's a neuroscientist, he says what you've got there is, correlate, is that's correlation, not causation. And that's kind of the same when you go, and correlation just means they're parallel. You know, yes, but things happen the at the same time, yeah. but they're not necessarily related because exactly. of causation. Yeah. Yes. So you can't prove the causation, and that's the problem with the paranormal field until we actually can get. Yeah, and that's a problem even in particle physics. I mean, yep. there's a lot of there's a lot of what everybody else would consider hard science that really what they find at first is the parallel you know, you know, together, but they don't find the causation. Yeah. So know, these things are related, but we don't know what's causing it. Correct. Basically. And so this is a big problem across all science, not just our field, Yeah. you know, and they, they try to cover it over like, well, yeah, everything we do is exactly precise. But then if you, if you find a scientist, you really quiz them carefully, then they'll start to kind of, you can, they'll start to admit that, well, yeah, uh, everything happens at the same time in this particle accelerator. So there's something, but we don't really know what causes it yet. And well, they, you know, the, the, so. the number one answer to that, uh, according to some of the, the doctors I've either talked to or read, um, they say scientists at some point, you push them hard enough, they'll say, look, I'm a scientist, not a philosopher. If you go too Correct. hard, if you go too hard into causation, well, I'm not a philosopher. I don't know. You know, so. yes. Absolutely. So, so what, what I'm just, I guess my whole point was, you know, everybody poo poos the, the paranormal people as not scientific or having no science backing up their stuff. But then, you know, it, there's not always as much science happening in particle physics or other things as they claim. So, you know, that's correct. The paranormal field can't, is, isn't all that terrible. No. But, on the other hand, I'm not ready to throw uh, the baby out with the bathwater and say, well, science doesn't know anything, so why should we use it? You know? Absolutely. So, that's that's the thing. Agreed. You know, I agree 100%. Which so. is why n next next week we're going to do the show on things outside of the scientific method, I guess, and then take a look around at those. So, yeah, the subjective stuff. Yeah, and, and the anecdotal evidence, et cetera, et cetera, and, and stuff like that. So... Um, this one, we're just trying to cover, you know, if, if, if you're going to do an investigation and you want to put stuff together um, and, and you know, attack a skeptic with it, um, it's you're going to have to use the scientific method and raw data. And, you know, that's 
basically the bottom line. And um, I don't know any other way of going at someone that doesn't believe in this stuff. You know, blurry photos, they're not going to believe them because yeah. they're not, you know. But if you give them hard numbers, say, look, no, you go do it. You know, or come with us and we'll go do it again. Whatever. There you go. You know, so... Okay, so what have we got for any? Got any more questions? Vestings. I don't see. I don't have them up here. So no, that's fine. I'm I'm scrolling through. I got bifocals on, so one's blurry, the other one isn't. Oh, see. Sorry, scrolling. <laughs> Dead that's air. All right. Dead air. Yeah. Uh, so, Dar all right. Here's one for you. Darren says, "What is the one object in the world you never want to be haunted?" One object in the world that I would never want to be haunted. Well, for me, it would probably be my computer. Because if it was haunted and it just gave out random numbers instead of calculated numbers, that would freak me out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm a computer guy, I'm a programmer, I'm a hardware developer, you know, I build my own equipment, and... If the equipment didn't, you know, was haunted in some way, you know, like a, a haunted oscilloscope or a haunted computer yeah, where it didn't give readings that were or didn't do math that was math, you know, two plus two equals five. I'd be like, what? <laughs> so <laughs> that she, would freak me out. Shay's got one. Um, and she asked it earlier. Sorry, Shay. I did see it. And then my mind wandered. Um, Shay asked uh, if... If you explain what the equipment is to potential spirits, and actually, I mean, personally, yes, I do, and how to interact with it. And the other thing is, if I'm doing an experiment, I'll explain that as well out loud. So what do you think? Oh, yeah, for sure. So here's the deal. Um, a lot of times, you know, if there is a spirit and it's, you know, presumed to be long in the distant past and you present it with some modern piece of electronics, those electronics didn't even exist when, when you know, the spirit could have been around. And so, you know, now you take a simple thing like a compass, set it out on a table, have everybody step away from it. Even people back into the 1600s knew what compasses were. Yep. You know, so if you got to say a turn of the century spirit of some type, they're going to know what a compass is. They're going to know basic things like that. You know, a candle. Put a candle there. Make sure there's no drafts. Film the thing and then have them influence it. Okay, they're going to know how to blow on a candle. They're going to know how to do things like that. Yep, that's a good one. You know, stuff like that. You know, they could probably read at least in a basic level. So if you're holding up cards, you know, with a, let's say you're doing an EVP session. Mm -hmm. You hold up a card. It has a word on it, a simple word, cat, dog, house, you know, the color green, whatever. And it has a number. So you're going to say the number so that the EVP recorder, you know which one they said. Mm -hmm. And then you have 30 seconds of dead time. Mm -hmm. In that 30 seconds, did they say the word? Yeah. You know, simple things like that, you know, could be done. But, you know, to, to tell them to, hey, can you touch this ionizing Geiger counter and you know make it count numbers they probably won't even know what a geiger counter is yeah. you could probably point at them and say hey can you flow through this device and you know maybe get them to do that but 
But, I don't but, know. But then again, once again, we we go back to you know using equipment and experiments on a hypothesis, and a lot Correct. of a lot of the hypotheses are subjective, and they go into um, Correct. An, anecdotal evidence and folklore and anything else that people want to bring to and the so house I, and say, "Is this true?" Yeah, and I guess if we back up and see the big <coughs> picture, you know, if I was to you know, take a certain device to, let's say, 20 investigations. And I've done the full statistical analysis with multiple groups of people, with multiple locations, multiple everything, and never once I've had any kind of out of the statistical, you know, anything statistically significant. Mm -hmm. At some point, I'm going to say, all right, this piece of equipment staying home. I'm not wasting time on it. Mm -hmm. I'm not bringing it in anymore now if i took it out twice and it didn't get anything or it got something once but didn't the second time i'm not going to stop it then i'm going to say all right i need to do this a dozen more times and that's you know? that's the problem with proof though is you could do it a million times but maybe Correct. it would go off on the million a month but again you know? the statistics so. <laughs> will eventually get to the point where after you've done it you know there's kind of this magic number in statistics somewhere between 20 and 30 that people say, okay, if you've done this 20 or 30 times and you've had an all result every single time, most scientists would start to say, Hey, whatever, either you're using the wrong equipment, you don't understand the equipment or the phenomenon you're observing doesn't have any effect on that equipment. Yep. And you can kind of push it to the side, you know, and I'm going to say for, for in the ghost hunting world, because we don't get to do thousands of experiments. If you get, if you took a piece of equipment 10 times to 10 different locations, or even, you know, a few times at the same location, and it still doesn't ever give you anything, it, either ghosts don't exist completely or they can't influence the equipment and you can just leave the thing at home. Yep. Yep, I agree with that. Although, that being said, um, I am subjected enough where if I have a piece of equipment and I so want it to go off because that's my hypothesis, I'm probably going to keep taking it. <laughs> well, then the other thing is, is, okay, well, maybe it's psychokinesis. You so want it to go off it that you're the off. one that's triggering. Which is the, um, uh, what was it, the Philip experiment, where they yes. made up a ghost and they were getting results. Yes. And so, then the other experiments are like where... They've had random number generators that generate random numbers, and then they have somebody think about it, and they've gotten statistical alterations of the randomness. Yep. So. And so it's like, okay, are you the one that's influencing your EMF meter? Are you the one that's influencing your stuff? So. And that's valid because. It's, it's valid, yes, because, because it's not get, a ghost if it's you. No, but you get a, a bunch of people who go to a house that, you know, you, you paid your money, you goes there. And they say it's haunted, and you're all sitting around. If that's what's happening, I can see as how that would be happening in that situation. So, Correct. You know, and that, that's one of my favorite experiments, actually, was the Philip experiment. It's, it's and, and <laughs> mostly just because of the way the people are. They had to go back into a um, part of the experiment was they had to go back into like a childlike state in their minds and play games, sing songs, 
and stuff yep, like that. Yep, I read all about it. It yeah. was awesome. And it's like when and you then watch they, the people video, actually repeated it. Yeah. Other people actually were able to reproduce it. Exactly. So, yep. And so, then, you know, there's that whole that's that's a whole nother podcast in itself right there. It's just yep. you know, psycho is psychokinesis or something similar, you know, mental things in fact you know, affecting your equipment more than, you know, natural environment or ghosts. Yep. Yeah. So once again, changes your hypothesis you know what is a ghost you know absolutely so and you can have multiples and check them one by one and see which ones you get results from or not and well and it might be who you brought today maybe only one person has psychokinesis Mm -hmm. and that person when you bring them your equipment you get a great you have a great investigation quote because all of your equipment's doing all this stuff but then the next investigation doesn't show anything Yep. In quote marks, doesn't show anything. Yep. Well, that's because that person didn't show up. That's right. Or, you know, and especially if that person, you know, has no idea that they have psychokinetic Correct. abilities or doesn't even believe in it, you know? Yep. So, so yeah. there's so many things, so many variables. This is a hard field to be in. Yes, it is. There's too many variables. To do it right. If yeah. you just want, if you just want blinky lights and beepy noises and, and, you know, jump scares, it's a great field. If you want to get lots of money and make, TV shows do that too, but if you really want to find out what's going on, it's not easy. No, this it's, is as hard as any other science. Yeah, and 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 it's not, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but it's not done professionally. So, for example, if that was a hypothesis, we could grab each person that was in the team and then yep. have them in a room and and see if we got that result and try and narrow it down if it was one person in the team. I don't know. You know, it's a, it's a good, yeah, and we could even do that as a test. Yeah. Say, Hey, here's a, here's a random number generator, which I have, by the way, we could, I could bring that sometime and put it down there and have each person come in the room, sit with it for 15, 20 minutes by themselves and think about it and then take the statistics. Yep. Did they change it? Yeah. And then if you do, you know, then you know, keep that person isolated during the investigation. Yeah. yeah, you guys, you're, you're the go, you're the you're the one that goes to the gas station and picks up our snacks. Well, welcome to the investigation. Here's your lead helmet. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, you got to have fun too. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. So, <laughs> alrighty. So, let's see. Any more questions? I love questions, so put yep. more questions. More questions, people. There's about a 30-second delay, I've been told. So um, let's see if i got any come If I scroll back. So, I mean, and here's the other thing to put in the comments. I mean, how many people are actually willing to, to do an investigation and chuck all the subjective stuff out the window and say, let's just do a totally empirical, you know, just pull yeah, numbers it, it takes that. a certain breed of person. It I mean, it t- you know, mentally, they just have to have that basic scientific mind. I mean, they don't have to be scientists, but no. they have to have enough curiosity in their mind to get past the subjective stuff. Yeah. That's how I look at it. You know, and, that, and that's, it's hard though. <laughs> I yeah, mean, and, he, and sometimes I will even, because I'm the science guy and I do this a lot, but sometimes I will go to investigation and I'll take a, a basic voice recorder and a digital camera and I'll just go there and I'll sit quietly and take pictures and see if I get stuff. Yeah. I mean, just as a mental drain, just to not work so hard. Yeah. But, that's... 
you well, know, that usually happens to me as the night goes on. I'm like, oh, whatever, whatever just leave that there. Right, yeah. Shay's got that one. Um, okay, so the answer can't be camera or recorder, but the question was, what's the one piece of equipment you both think is a must to have? Um, mm. Let me see. Well, the one piece of equipment that is a must have for me would, again, probably be a laptop or something like that. And then, um, I don't know, after that, it's, it's you know, really, it's just all kinds of random equipment. So there's not really a, a, a piece of equipment that is a must-have. And anybody that says EMF meter can stop by my house and I'll smack them really hard. <laughs> because, He's offering violence live, online. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, I'll, I'll confiscate your meter, too, just yes. because I don't. I one piece of equipment. Ah, um, that's so hard. I honestly, your brain. Yeah, it's like a good investigator and, and an objective mind. Um, yeah, there you go. And a piece of paper and a pencil. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's a good thing because what we're doing really is observational science. We're watching and we're recording. So you know, anything that records, fine. But you know, pick any one. I've got to actually be there and see it and, you know, it's, you know, control freakish, I know, but yeah. that's the only way you know that someone's not screwing with you or, you know, uh, making something up or being subjective. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I think a good investigator is worth, you know, worth all the equipment in the world, to be honest. Absolutely. A hundred percent agree with that. Um, so... So yeah, and, and not having, you know, people that are pranksters because no, you know that that would just that's terrible. That's just not even. So yeah. Darren had a question earlier. Thank you, Shay. Um, so Darren had a question earlier about the SLS camera. Um, me personally, don't get me started. I know, right? I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm. I've got my soapbox out. <laughs> I've set it down. I'm standing on top of it right now. Okay. I, I let me let me do mine first, and then you can. Okay. Away. So, the thing is, I, I think, and I'm, I've talked to you about the IntelliSense because it does Absolutely. a number of things. It does depth and and black and white and and everything else, and and that to me is useful. Um, because I'm getting, you know, it'll actually measure depths and give you numbers and, and all kinds of stuff. So SLS cameras as a thing, yes. Now, when you start adding on the software of the stick man, um, that's where I am going, why? Because every time I've had an SLS camera, and I've had people tell me different, but I've not been there, which is kind of, I don't know if that's hypocritical or not, but every, I've been there when they've done that and had the stick figure and someone said, wave your arm and all, oh, but the thing's glitching around anyway. It's going to wave its arms you know, sure. pretty quick after that. Mm. And then I've always found if I put my hand in front of the SLS and wipe it, you know, slowly put my hand across it. So it yep. loses those points that it's found and then has to reacquire them. It doesn't. It doesn't find the same ones. No, yeah. it doesn't. So, Basically, it's trying really hard because that's its job to find a human figure, and it will slowly the software. And you know, software is like sludge. The more it 
runs, the more it's kind of got numbers that it grabs and does things a sure. lot of times. So it will start going, oh, look, no, there's a point. And, oh, yeah, look, it's I can a primitive it AI that. is what it really it is. is. So um, that's my my take on them. I think SLS cameras are useful as far as using them for what they were designed with depth measurements. And, you know, you can see in the dark with them. They're great cameras, but um, you start putting the, the stick man on it. I'm, I'm not sold on that. Go yeah, on, Shane. I, let him have it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now that I'm on top of my soapbox. Um, so basically, again, like just like you said, the stick figure, I would almost just, it would be nice if that didn't even exist as part of it. And you're just using it as a night vision camera. And then, like you said, to get depth and stuff. So what it really boils down to is it's an infrared LIDAR, uh, which basically uses a fast-sweeping uh, invisible light beam. And then it just records how fast the reflection came back so it knows the distance. Mm -hmm. Now, the theory was that if there was some kind of an apparition or something that the light beam would hit that before it hit the wall behind it or whatever and reflect back. And if it was in the shape similar to a human, that it would get a stick figure. And so you could have a real human and then standing next to him be this ghost. There's a big hole in that though. If yeah. But the, back, but the, the trouble is camera would pick it up. Yeah. A camera would pick it up. And, you know, especially if it was a full spectrum camera. Now, granted the full spectrum camera does not see the whole spectrum. All it sees is just a little past the visible on one end and a little past the visible on the other, you know, the infrared and the ultraviolet mm -hmm. in light, light only. It does not see radio waves or any other thing. Like everybody always thinks, Ooh, I got a full spectrum camera. It'll see everything does not. Okay. So I'm past that. Now the LIDAR is nothing more than a fast scanning, uh, light beam and a camera that records the light beams intensity as it goes across the objects, turns it into what they call a point cloud, and then does measurements and says, okay, this point cloud in this particular spot kind of looks like a person. Well, the thing is, is that same infrared light that would, whatever would block that infrared light enough to make a stick person would also show up on a regular camera or a f definitely on a full spectrum camera and would be fully visible and be fully there. So basically for all intents and purposes, if a regular full spectrum camera that can see infrared, which is pretty much any night shot camera, any camera that's had the IR filter removed, anything like that, if it can see it, if, you know, if the SLS camera could see it, that camera should see it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it should be plain as day. Yeah. Matter of fact, it, the fun thing to do is take an SLS camera out there and then look at it through a handy cam that has the IR. You'll see it scanning the whole room. Mm -hmm. Yep. So in this case, just use a video camera and be done with it. You know, the, the thing's expensive. It doesn't help. The stick figure makes for great TV, but it just doesn't do what people think it does yeah even my cat agreed if you heard it <laughs> you tell him dad you tell him <laughs> yeah my cat will tell him <laughs> so all righty well um shay i like all points of view thank you for that comment um well i guess so wrapping it up this show was about the scientific method and i know it's not popular 
Um, but it's if you're serious about actually, you know, putting together an investigation and having harder evidence than, um, you know, photos that people can then say, well, that's pareidolia or stick figures that people can say, hey, no, we know how that works and that wouldn't work in the real world. And all these things that people just shuttle off. The only way to do it really is to try and use the scientific method and gather data. And, and the pro I think a big problem we have is that a lot of the equipment that gets sold thank you digital dowsing by the way is that a lot of it is made for tv shows and the actual science behind yeah, it is extremely poor so and not only that people don't understand what it's doing how it works so if people actually you know take the time to to do and you don't have to be a physicist just so if you can grasp the basic concepts and and figure out okay what does this actually measure what is it measuring um, what else is it, what what else is it doing? All these kind of things. Um, I think you can get a much more accurate investigation. And as me and Shane were talking about just before the show, um, we still get stuff, but it's only one percent. Oh yeah, you know. But that one percent is gold dust. You know, I think absolutely. So I totally agree. Yeah, and and it's harder to get stuff, and and people get despondent and go, this is boring, or, oh, I didn't get anything, or, you know, yep. you know, and, and even I and Nico, I mean, Nico said, you know, you start to build up a mental filter, for example, against the spirit box when you do um, an experiment to see, are you hearing what you want to hear, or are you hearing radio? The more you do that experiment, sure. yeah, and then go back and listen to the spirit box with that experiment, you hear less, because your brain yep. is filtering that stuff out, because... You know, your brain starts to understand that. You know, hang on a minute. No, I'm I'm hearing radio. So, and it's tough, and it's horrible, and it bursts people's bubbles. Um, yeah. But it is the scientific method if you want to prove scientifically, empirically, that ghosts exist. That's how you do it. Now, next week we're going to do the stuff outside of the scientific method, and Shane is going to grace us with his presence again. Um, yep. And then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll dig into some of the more subjective and anecdotal stuff because there are some important statistics in those areas that how many people see ghosts for how long. I mean, the statistics. Oh, that, of course. I mean, you know, you, you, what it's, there's got to be something in it. I mean, you know. So, yeah, or otherwise the people wouldn't be seeing it, yeah. especially if they've never met each other. Yeah, and, and, and stuff like that. And, and also maybe the anecdotal stuff of uh, near-death experience and – any of you go out and look up uh, Peter Fenwick. Um, he's on YouTube. He does some awesome stuff. And he's a neuro, neuro, neurologist. So he studied the brain and he studied psychology. So he sits right in the middle there. So he's, he's a good person to listen to. So, all right, I'm going to wrap it up. Shane, any last words? Nope, I think it's good. And uh, it's been a great, great discussion here. And so... And we'll see you guys again soon. Yeah, and thank you very much for listening. Now, go out, find me some ghosts, bring me evidence. And I mean evidence. Good night. Good night.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.